A comrade once described how Marxist economics is in many ways about the relationships between people and things. In this sense we are observing the relationship that the money commodity has with other commodities and the relationship that people have with money. The Marxist description of money is simultaneously stunningly simple and dizzyingly complex. David Harvey describes it as the most complex chapter in Capital and in the section that most people give up on. Haddis Theer manages to clarify some of the concepts from this section of Marxist economics. Personally, the more I learn and understand the Marxist analysis of money the more beautiful and elegant I find it to be. There is so much going on with the concept of money alone, it is impossible to sum it all up clearly in a short blog article, so I'll stick to some fundamental points here to begin with, and no doubt other issues will come up in the comments section, and I do aim to make this something of a series on Marxist economics. Money obscures the real relationships between people and society and yet it helps to shape those relationships. Money represents value, but it also obscures value, it represents social interaction, but it also obscures social interaction. As Hattis Theer wrote, money is so woven into the fabric of our daily lives that we rarely stop to wonder how it got to be that these pieces of paper have come to dominate our lives. Relative value, equivalent value and universal equivalent. Labor time is invisible in a commodity, so the only way to represent it is through an equivalent form i.e. through some other commodity. We cannot compare like with like. Saying a VW Golf is worth a VW Golf tells us nothing about its value. But comparing it to 15,000 loaves of bread gives us a better idea of its value. It is helpful to keep in mind here the concept of relative value, and equivalent value regarding commodity exchange. If I am a seller of coats, a coat is the relative value. If I want to exchange my coat for some other commodity, that other commodity is the equivalent value. The time I spend making a coat might be equal to the same time required to bake 100 loaves of bread, and so I could exchange my coat for 100 loaves of bread. So far so simple. But my coat may also be worth 4 pairs of shoes, or 20 yards of linen, or 5 sacks of coal. Now things are becoming more complicated. I cannot keep track of so many exchange rates. And besides, I don't need 100 loaves of bread all at once. Likewise the baker cannot keep track of what their bread is worth in terms of coats, shoes, coal, etc. etc. The more commodities a community produces, the more numerous and complicated the exchange rates become. Wouldn't it be easier if the community could use one commodity, say potatoes, as they do in parts of Georgia even today, to which all commodities could be equated to? The community finds this to be the case too, and so potatoes become the standard unit of measurement, the metric to which all other commodities are compared, potatoes are the universal equivalent. So now, a coat is compared to say five sacks of potatoes, bread is equal to two sacks of potatoes, everything is equated to potatoes. In this community potatoes are equated to by everyone for all commodities, they are universally equated to, hence the term universal equivalent. Now there is no need for comparing infinite different exchange rates between various commodities, all commodities are compared to potatoes. Until now, potatoes have been suitable as a commodity for facilitating exchange, because now the coat maker can sell his coat for say 5 sacks of potatoes, but can exchange a small number of potatoes for a loaf of bread, and another number of potatoes for something else. The coat maker in this way is able to divide the value of his labor whereas they couldn't before. Previously, it was not as if they could divide part of their coat to get one loaf of bread. But by everyone using potatoes as a universal equivalent commodity, it is possible for them to exchange commodities at a much more efficient rate. This works fine for a while, until the people in the community realize that potatoes have their own inefficiencies. Some potatoes are larger than others, potatoes are of varying quality, and you may exchange your commodities and receive poor potatoes in return. Potatoes also do not last very long, 
so it's not possible to store and accumulate value over a long period of time with potatoes. Therefore, a more suitable commodity is required to be the universal equivalent. Well then, what about gold or silver? As a commodity gold and silver have various attributes that make them ideal as a universal equivalent. The labor required to discover and extract relatively small quantities of gold is intensive, and therefore small bars or coins of gold have great value. Also, gold and silver can be divided into smaller pieces without destroying their quality or composition i.e. gold and silver do not rust or deteriorate, they last virtually forever, unlike a potato which must be kept whole and in suitable conditions to keep it from spoiling. A small gold coin may now be worth one coat, a small silver coin may be worth a week's bread. Even smaller coins can be used to buy commodities worth less. Their quantities can be divided without ruining them, they are efficient to carry around and exchange, and you can save or hoard them. In this way, gold and silver eventually became the dominant universal equivalent across civilizations. They became money. Money allows us to spend a particular quantity at a chosen time. It is possible to save or hoard money as it doesn't expire, although its exchange rate may vary. In this way, you can spend a fraction of the value of your labor on say a piece of fruit in a shop, or accumulated quantities of the value of your labor on say, a car. But money does not determine the value of commodities as the establishment often portrays it to do. Money is merely a commodity which is used as a representation of value, or a representation of human labor, or as Marx put it congealed units of socially necessary labor time. Dual Roles of Money Money has a dual character that mirror the duality of use value, and exchange value within the commodity, David Harvey. On one side it functions as a representation of value and can be stored, on the other side money provides for efficient exchange of commodities between people. On the one hand it is hoarded, on the other hand it is swapped for commodities. These are contradictory roles. A note on modern money. It's important to remember that the commodity used as money has changed over time, as different commodities were more or less useful as the universal equivalent in different situations and ages. The commodity of gold was necessary, because people, before computers etc., needed a tangible commodity to represent the value of their labor. But money is just this, a representation. Nowadays, the representation can be made through paper notes or through numbers on a computer reflecting their bank account. This is where digital currencies also come in, they are merely trying to represent labor time in a different way.